as of today, you can actually get a cheaper Netflix account in Canada if you're willing to watch ads. So the new plan called Basic with Ads costs $5.99 a month. Um, and the other ones without ads start at $9.99 and go up to about $20.99. So now you can get that cheaper Netflix plan. It doesn't give you everything. I don't know what it doesn't give you, but you don't have access to the whole catalog. And you do have to watch about four or five minutes worth of ads every hour. So you know what it is? It sounds a bit like something that we used to do, which is called watch TV with ads. Uh, sometimes the problem with those streaming services is they show the same ads over and over again, which gets really annoying. Um, but we wanted to find out what's going on. I mean, clearly they need the money. They're losing subscribers. So they're turning to a very familiar model in this business, which is sell advertising and get people to watch the ads, you know, that's what it is. It's It's been around for a long time. It's just funny to see streaming companies who came in, so we're going to revolutionize every, all of this, like Netflix, all of a sudden decide, hey, you know what, why don't we sell advertising? That could be, you know, that could be a good idea. And you're thinking, yeah, I think I've heard of that before. So um, there are other services getting into the streaming business too that also offer less expensive uh, options for if you're willing to watch ads. So I want to know from you, are you willing, would you be willing to watch ads four or five minutes an hour? Um, especially if you're binge watching something, I suppose it allows you to get up and go get a, get a snack or something. Um, but would you be willing to take that bet? Are you willing to take that deal from something like Netflix? Let me know. 877-399-9898 is the text line. 877-399-9898. But joining me to talk about this is Richard Latchman. He's an associate professor at Toronto Metropolitan University who studies digital content. Welcome to the show tonight. No problem. Great to be here. So uh, this is a bit of a, I mean, maybe it's not a bold move, but it feels like putting ads on Netflix, it, it, does, it just doesn't feel right, but we're just not used to it, are we? Right. I mean, it, it changes the dynamic of a viewing that we've expected from Netflix, but it does respond to the changing business environment. We, we were trained on Netflix before there was any other game in town. That's a much more crowded landscape. Uh, and we know the companies are much more uh, competitive. Um, and so the decisions a company can make when it's the only game and it has all of our subscriber dollars coming in versus what the stock market is now doing to Netflix means they're looking for other revenue. And they're not alone, right? Uh, absolutely. So we're seeing the same kind of thing coming out from Disney Plus Basic. Um, other streamers around the world are exploring this kind of thing. It, it does seem like this is starting to be one of the things streamers will offer. When we look at uh, the benefits of it, um, clearly anyone who's price sensitive right now, I used to always say sometimes you have more money than time and sometimes you have more time than money. In my case, the latter hasn't always been, you know, hasn't often been the case, but sometimes. Um, so in this case, for a lesser price, you're going to get base, a basic plan, but with the ads. I think the way you're framing this of time and money, that that is the challenge Netflix is going to face. When streaming services came, what they were facing, or Netflix, the streaming service, what it was facing was piracy on the other end of it. Or some people, maybe students, people who have more time to invest in finding out uh, you know, where they can download things, can still do that now. So the challenge is going to be at $5.99, is it worth the time for someone who's that price conscious and, and, and technologically savvy? So that's not everyone, of course. But that will be the test. Uh, is it enough of a push for some to say, well, if I'm going to have to put up with ads anyway, 
uh, I could save my $6 and get the content that I loved the way I wanted it. And I, it's worth my exploring any of the other uh, approaches. Um, I gather from just reading the blurbs that it's going to be about four to five minutes per hour of commercials, which I guess is, you know, that's about a little bit less actually than you'd get on regular cable TV. Uh, but still, it's pretty significant if you're not used to them. Because I, I wonder, you're right, is there is there any way to scroll through them, I wonder? Because that's what another issue that uh, cable TV was having was people, you know, uh, people, people taping it and just scrolling through the commercials. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting question. Um, one thing that I do like about this is Netflix tends to get technology right. So one of the things, whether you can scroll or not, that's probably a, a problem. If they don't want you to, you will not be able to. Right. But one of the other problems that I, I think when any of us who've used CBC Gem when it launched or some of the other sites, they didn't have much ad inventory, meaning you saw the same ad five times in a row. And it wasn't just an ad that bothered you. It was hearing the same catchphrase and the same little jingle again and again. Netflix has promised their algorithms will make sure that doesn't happen. So they will monitor. So we can hope they get the tech right, you know, maybe to our detriment, we can't scroll through it, but hopefully they'll also get it right in terms of that balance of annoyance. Yeah, I, I found that at times too. Sometimes you just see the same commercials over and over and over again on some streaming services and it can get, and that's the annoyance. You're right. That's the uh, the commercials that should at least try to be entertaining as well. There is some limitations too, if you have one of these lesser services uh, to just how much uh, in the Netflix library you have access to. Uh, right. So, so the, 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 we're going to see what are the price differentiations, you know, they, 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 the service, I think they're going to try a lot of things. It's going to be a time of experimentation. So I can't say Netflix, they're going to try something at launch. They may change this in six months time. They may try something in different regions in Australia, in the UK and test things. Netflix, again, as a modern tech company is good at doing that kind of thing. I think some of the other tech companies, well, you know, some of the other streaming companies will follow suit. They might try something and then see what Netflix is doing with a much bigger install base around the world, uh, maybe a much bigger tech development team, and then follow along. So I think we might whatever we see rolling out on some of the other services now might not be the same service that's there in a year's time. Yeah, it feels like we're at a time of sort of competition and consolidation and we, all these new entrants coming in. I mean, it's starting to feel a bit messy out there. I'll be honest with you, in the streaming world, it's starting to feel feel a bit messy. And, I, you know, I'm not tech unsavvy, but I, I don't like to spend tons of time on five different apps or five different um, five five different streaming apps, for instance, looking for shows that you'd like. You know, having it all in one place was the advantage. Uh, that that's right. I wonder if you will talk about the golden age of streaming. Probably, and, uh, yeah. the price was right. But re remembering when the dollars were flowing into one place, they could spend on massive amounts of content. They could give us the price point we wanted. A lot of companies, technology companies, have this model where, for a few years, we're getting more than we pay for, uh, and they are trying to do this to get market share. And as long as they have that market share, you, you'll you'll see this in Uber. You'll see this in, in tech company after tech company. Once there's competition, or they they become a public company and they need to to meet shareholder value they change the model and suddenly they have to, you know, make it much more competitive in terms of pricing or offer different things to different people. Yeah. We saw Apple sent me a notice this week. I think it was this week where all of their services are going up in price too. I think this is the first time they've raised them, but still, I mean, it, so much else has gone up. You don't want yet another notice from your, from your service. Cause a lot of these services, you ask yourself whether they're worth the, worth the price. And I think this is the risk these companies are running. You often already ask yourself if it's worth it. And then if you get a notice saying it's increasing, maybe you just go without. I, I completely agree. Remembering 
So when I had my phone bill and my cable bill, those were maybe different parts of my head. But right now I kind of have an overlapped tech bill and it might be my cell phone bundled with my, you know, streaming that I got for six months free from my internet provider. There, there comes a time when you really do sit down and say, how many of these services am I adding up in a monthly fee? Um, and then that we can get very high. You have a family, you have multiple devices, you want to be able to stream on multiple devices. Well, that costs you more. You want to be able to, you know, maybe do without ads. So, so I, I agree that people are going to be asking, especially in an economic downturn moment, how many services they can, they can support. So when we look at some of the new entrants coming in too, it feels like the, the space is now getting more crowded too. Not only you were talking about the competition between the big players earlier, but now there are new players coming in looking at how to stream properly or how to, how to make money doing it. So I, I um, obviously there are companies now that are looking at niches that maybe where they have specialized content that's not available. Um, I think there is some space for this in that uh, I, I think one of the, factors, which is leading to the some of the first reductions in subscriber growth in Netflix's history and in some of the other services is we, we all spent two and a half years at home watching. And so I wasn't going to watch everything in the catalog, but I might have seen almost, you know, <laughs> you a might, big you chunk might have of seen most of it yeah. right, that I'm interested in at least, right? That, yeah. There's stuff out there I never wanted to watch before. I don't want to watch it now. So if a niche has some specialized content, uh, maybe something that's exactly a pastime of mine. Maybe it's documentary film. Maybe it's horror. Maybe it's some other domain. And they've been able to get those licenses in Canada or wherever you happen to live. Then, yeah, there may be a time for that. But am I going to keep it for years? Am I going to keep it for four, five months, six months? And we'll try this out and then retreat. Uh, I do know, we, we, as we were speaking about before, people aren't looking for new charges on their monthly. So I don't think it's going to be a huge number of these I'm willing to do, but I might try something, but what will I take away? What will I turn off? I'm going to maybe cancel my prime or my, you know, Disney plus for six months. And then we'll try Crave or we'll try one of these smaller niche services. One of the services that's not new, it's been around that I, that I do like that um, movie is a, is a streaming service. That's kind of specialized. They treat themselves as kind of O2 or film festival content. You right. wouldn't. So, so that is a model, and they are also playing with scarcity. There's only 30 films available at any time. That, that's, again, that's something interesting where it's maybe more specialized and it might appeal to a particular audience, but not a mass audience. Yeah, I have the Criterion Collection app, which I got during the, uh, during the pandemic when I had run out of things to watch on, on Netflix and got that. It's, I mean, it's one of those things. But again, you look and think, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because out there in the ether is YouTube, which for all its all that it isn't uh, does provide a lot of watchable stuff, even though you got to put up with the commercials and so on and so forth. Uh, but you'd think that a lot of the streaming services would be looking over their shoulders to see how much of their, um, how much of that's going to slip away. If they start offering a very similar service to YouTube, why not just watch YouTube, right? You don't get all the same things, but you'd be surprised. You know, for a younger generation, they weren't trained to watch long form content with ads in the first place. They weren't watching cable. They were only watching streaming. The one place they got ads was YouTube. Uh, much shorter form content, very different form content in, in general. So I, I agree with you that if they're getting ads anyway, they might, again, convert to piracy for some small number of people or switch the kind of content. I don't think 100%, but it might be great. I'm going to, when I go home to visit my parents, I will use their service and catch up. And when I'm on my own in my dorm room, in my apartment, I'm not going to pay for that. Uh, one of the other crackdowns we're seeing Netflix is doing hand in hand is 
you know, that this has been decreed, the great crackdown on multiple devices. Right, of course. You sharing an account. So obviously revenue is is hooting. Uh, the companies are looking for multiple ways and we'll see a bunch of things rolled out that people won't like. And so what they do with that not liking, we we will see roll out over the next year. Yeah, that, that, that's always a tough spot for a company to be in, to start to basically reduce the service you offer. Although I suppose at the end of it all, what it's really about is who has the best shows? Do they have enough money to finance those shows and buy those shows? So it's become very much, I mean, I know this all sounds very familiar. It's become very much like the cable business in many ways. I mean, it feels very familiar now as, you know, they compete over who has the best shows and you get to watch ads and there you go, cable. Right. We've recreated, you know, the the, the uh, revolution will not be televised. The television will not be revolutionized. It's a, it's a, are we retreating to a model? I mean, it, it is um, the the unbundling. So some of the, 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 the approaches cable did to try and increase profitability or service is not available to Netflix. I can't imagine Netflix forking off different sub brands with other kind of content. That's not their, their approach, but what they choose to spend the money on now that it's much more limited. What new shows? Exactly what will they use? Their great store of data that's going to tell them exactly which shows to make. They're going to have maybe a harder time making everyone happy. They might say, this segment, we can make some content here. This segment, we can make this content here. But they can't outspend everybody anymore. And you managed to get a Gil Scott Heron reference in there too, which is great. <laughs> great for our show. Richard Latchford, thanks so much. Thanks for having me.